ಭಾಗವತ ವಾಹಿನಿ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಟ್ವೆಂಟಿ ಕೃಷ್ಣಾಸ್ ಗ್ರೇಸ್ ದ್ರೌಪದಿ ಸೇಜ್ ವ್ಯಾಸ ಕಂಟಿನ್ಯೂಡ್ ಲಿಸನ್ ಓ ಕಿಂಗ್ ದ್ರೌಪದಿ ವಾಸ್ ಓವರ್ವೆಲ್ಮ್ಡ್ ವಿತ್ ಅಮೇಸ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ವೆನ್ ಶು ಎಕ್ಸ್ಪೀರಿಯನ್ಸ್ ದ ಗ್ರೇಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹೂ ಗ್ರಾಂಟೆಡ್ ದ ಬೂನ್ ಆಫ್ ಅನ್ಎಂಡಿಂಗ್ ಫೋಲ್ಡ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಕ್ಲೋಥಿಂಗ್ ಟು ಪ್ರೊಟೆಕ್ಟರ್ ಆನರ್ ಶಿಶಟ್ ಪ್ರೊಫ್ಯೂಸ್ ಟಿಯರ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಗ್ರಾಟಿಟ್ಯೂಡ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಎಕ್ಸ್ಪ್ಲೇನ್ಡ್ ಇನ್ ಎಕ್ಸ್ಟಸಿ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಓ ಮಧುಸೂದನ ಕೃಷ್ಣ with such a rush of feeling and zeal that those present in the audience hall were struck with fear the shining splendor of her face made them suspect that she must be the veritable goddess who energizes the universe meanwhile krishna manifested himself in concrete form before your grandmother draupadi and said sister why are you troubled in mind I have taken birth with the express purpose of destroying these evil men blinded by pride. I shall see that the glory and fame of the Pandavas are held high for the admiration of this world for generations to come. So console yourself. At this she fell at the Lord's feet washing them with her tears darkened by the corellum in her eyes. The tresses of her long thick hair unloosened by the wicked hands fell over his feet and covered them she rolled on the ground around the feet of lord krishna her furious contentment and her angry excitement steeped the assembly of courtiers and warriors in astonishment krishna raised her up and placing his hand upon her head he blessed her and said rise tie your hair into a knot Await patiently the events that will happen in the days ahead. Go, join your companions in the inner apartments. He implored her. Hearing these words, Draupadi started like a serpent that has raised its hood. Her eyes shone through the wheel of hair that covered her face. Her glances were like flashes of lightning among the clouds. She stood in the center of the assembly hall. and turning on krishna she said in deliberate tones oh lord krishna cloth that gets torn can only be stitched the rents cannot be mended otherwise a virtuous bride can be given away only once curdled milk cannot be restored into its primal purity the tusks of the elephant can never be withdrawn into the mouth from out of which they came Draupadi's tresses have been loosened by the foul hands of this evil man they can never be knotted again as formerly to mark the happiness of a wife at this everyone sat silent with bent head overcome with the shame of the insult to the queen but krishna broke the silence then why do you dress your hair as of old sister These loose tresses make you really frightened. At this the heroic queen roared like a lioness. O oh Lord, listen. The filthy rascal who dared touch this hair, hold it in his foul hand and drag me into the hall must have his head broken into bits and his corpse gnawed by foxes and dogs. His wife must be widowed. she must loosen her tresses and wail in unquenchable grief 
that day I shall dress this hair into a knot, and not till then. Hearing this imprecation, the elders in the hall were alarmed at its terrible consequences. They covered their ears so as not to hear more. They pleaded, Pardon, peace, quieten yourself. For they knew how calamitous was the curse of a woman of virtue. The heart of Dhritarashtra, the old blind father of the wicked gang that insulted her, very nearly burst with fear. His sons tried to put on brave faces, but within them they were struck down by a tornado of panic. A wave of dread swept over the assembly, for they knew that her words must come true. The wrong must be avenged by the punishment she has pronounced. To reinforce this apprehension, Krishna too said, O Draupadi, may it happen as you have said, I shall destroy these wicked men who caused so much sorrow to your husbands. The words you spoke now must come true, for you have not tainted your tongues with falsehood even in fun since the moment of your birth. Your voice is the voice of truth. Truth will triumph in spite of everything. This was the assurance given to your grandmother by the Lord, O San Parikshit. The Kauravas were destroyed and the righteousness of Pandavas vindicated before the world. Where Dharma is, their Lord is. Where Lord is, their victory is. This holy axiom was taught to the world by the Lord through this tragedy. Did you notice, son Parikshit, how great were your grandfathers to deserve this continuous shower of grace from Lord Krishna? Their adherence to dharma, their unwavering allegiance to truth, these won from them that grace. Though one can perform costly and elaborate yajnas and yagas, if he but adheres to the path of dharma and truth, he can cross the ocean of change and grief and reach the shore of liberation. Or else, when the terror-stricken sage, Duruvasa, went into the forest to burn your grandfather into ashes, as planned by Duryodhana and his gang, how could they be rescued? Poor Durvasa had to learn that the grace of God is more effective than the earnings of years of ascetism and denials. He who was sent to destroy departed with admiration of his intended victims. Proudly declaiming about the devotion of the Pandavas to the Lord Krishna, Parikshit raised his head in wonder. He asked, Master, what did you say? Did sage Durvasa suffer defeat at the hands of my grandfather? Ah! How fortunate I am that I was born in the dynasty that has proved itself superior even to that great sage. Tell me, Master, how did it happen? Why did Durvasa go to them and what was the result? Listen, son Parikshit, Vyasa continued. Your grandfathers, exiled into the jungle, were able to spend their days happily there with their fame for hospitality unimpaired through the grace of Lord Krishna. They felt that the jungle was more filled with joy than Hastinapura from where they were exiled. The hearts of the great 
will be so full of divine content and equanimity that they will not be affected by the ups and downs of fortune. A fragrant flower will please one with its captivating scent, whether it is held in the left hand or in the right. So too, whether in the sky or in the forest, village or city, on the heights or on the valley, the great will be equally happy always. They know no change, as your grandfathers demonstrated in their lives. When the good are happy and living in peace, the bad cannot tolerate it. They develop intense headache. The bad have to contemplate the loss and hardships that the good undergo in order to be happy. The loss suffered by the good is the gain of evil minds. The sweetness of the cuckoo is bitter to the ear of the crow. Similarly, the unmolested happy life of the Pandavas gave misery and pain to the Kauravas in the capital. But what more could they do? They had heaped on them as much grief as they could. They had cast on them all the abuses they could. Finally, they drew them out of the kingdom itself. They sent them into the forests on empty stomachs. Empty stomachs, yes. That is what they imagined. But the truth was different, O son, for their frames were saturated and filled with Lord Krishna. To fight against such God-filled bodies is only to engage in a hopeless fray. That is why the Kauravas took from them their material possessions and sent the bodies safe from the kingdom. After the game of dice, all properties and possessions were taken away. The Kauravas tried their worst to create dissensions among the brothers and spread heinous scandals affecting one or the other. But the brothers respected truth and struck to truth and so nothing could separate them. The fact that nothing could make a dent on the happiness of the Pandavas consumed the Kauravas like forest fire. At the moment of despair, Durvasa, who was the very incarnation of rage, came into Hastinapura with 10,000 of disciples determined to spend the four-month retreat in the royal city. The Kauravas knew very well the ascetic powers of Durvasa as well as his weaknesses and vagaries. So they invited him into the palace and lavished their hospitality on him and his followers during the four months of his stay. They planned to utilize that sage for the wicked stratagem and so they showed extraordinary enthusiasm to provide for every want of his and for every one of his huge entourage. They ensured that Durvasa had no cause to be disappointed and dejected and discontented. For four months they served him with fanatic zeal when the sage flew into fits of rage, they hung their heads and with folded hands put up with all the fire poured on them. Thus the holy visitor was won over. One day, when Durvasa was resting after a delicious meal, Duryodhana approached his bed and sat reverentially on one side. The sage spoke to him thus, O king, your service has pleased me much. Ask me for any boon 
no matter how valuable or how hard, I shall grant it. Duryodhana was ready with the boon he wanted from Durvasa. He was glad that the time had come for asking. He exhibited great humility when he prayed that it might be granted. Master, that you are pleased by your service is itself as valuable as a million boons. That expression of appreciation is enough for me. What do I need in riches or fame? Even if I acquire sovereignty over the three worlds, I can find no joy in that authority. I am grieving that when I could serve you for four months at a stretch, my brothers, the Pandavas, were not with me here. Let them too save themselves by rendering this unique service. That is my desire, O Lord. Please, please proceed to their resort also with all your disciples and give them too this chance. My elder brother Dharma Raja is such a staunch follower of Dharma that, in spite of our protests and prayers, he chose to go into the forest rather than break his word. I hear that even there he is rendering magnificent hospitality to millions of guests and visitors. He can serve you with more luxurious banquets and festive dinners there. O sage, if you have a mind to shower your pleasing grace on me, I shall request you for just one favor. When you go to the Pandavas, go after Draupadi has eaten her meal. With these words, Duryodhana fell at Durvasa's feet to propitiate him more. The sage understood the stratagem. He burst into laughter. <laughs>